Hello and welcome to the 185th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developers themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Gollum, which is developed by Longbow Games. Rob, who are Hello. you and what do you do? Hi, uh, well, Rob McConnell. I'm the uh, president of Longbow Games. Um, and from the developer side, I, I'm the uh, lead designer and lead programmer. So, Wow. A lot of hats then. Yes. Uh, there's a small studio. We all wear a lot of hats. <laughs> and excellent name. Where did that come from? For the de- I mean, it's obviously got, you know, it's a British person from a historical. Where the, the longbow come from? Yeah. It actually came from the helicopter, which, ah. not like, <laughs> despite our logo being the actual bow now. Yeah. Um, yeah, way back before I started with Longbow, um, it uh, Shemis uh, McNally, who founded it, um, was working on a helicopter game called Tiger's Bane, um, and so the Longbow came from the uh, from the helicopter name, and then kind of evolved from there. All right, okay. Um, and what? Why was it really just the just the the, the the light of that machine, or is it just sort of focused on it? Or um, you know, honestly, that's kind of been. Uh, lost to history a little bit um i said i wasn't quite i wasn't there with the original founding so i've kind of interesting gone yeah. along with that and, yes. and if you know anything about shemus he, he he passed away before i started with longbow so oh um, okay well let's go back to origins then you spoke of the foundings and so let's talk about you and when did you make sure. your start making video games you can go back as far as you like We've well, had, cool. we've had way some back. People, yeah, yeah we've <laughs> had some people say when I was five. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I probably started coding games when I was like eight or nine, um, just in basic uh, in the eighties, um, trying to clone some of the games I was playing, some of the old Sierra Quest games, um, ambitious old dungeon crawler called uh, Dungeon Master. Yeah. This, Always been ambitious in this. They didn't actually usually make it very far, but no, <laughs> I no. did uh, frequently try to create them. Um, oh. I think the first coding I did was was they sold books with the code all written in it, and then you just copied it from the book and typed it into the console. Yes, we uh, had uh, magazines over here that had that. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, probably that's where it was. But um, for for most of my you know schooling, I never actually thought of it as a real job. No. I just kind of did it for fun. I went to school for engineering. Um, and it wasn't until the end of school that I submitted some of the stuff I've been working on to the uh, IGF, the Independent Games Festival. Um, and I got uh, selected as a student finalist there during my last year and flew out to uh, San Jose, where it was at the time, the Game Developers Conference, and um, got a couple job offers. <laughs> One of them was at Long Bowen. And so I kind of uh, stumbled into it that way. Uh, and I've been at Longbow now for over 15 years. Wow. Um, okay, so yeah. So the, the demos, did you make some demos? Were these games that you made, were they partially complete? What, what was that about? It was partially complete, I guess. Um, the, the Independent Games Festival was totally different to 
back 15 years ago than it is now. Um, there weren't so many gaming schools. So, you know, the people who were doing it were mostly hobbyists. I think, was it Full Sail? I think was the one school that was, was there as well. Um, my program had no, there was no gaming programs at my university. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the caliber of games was not quite the same as, as it is you see in the contest now. So, um, so I submitted a, a kind of unfinished adventure game um, that I was working on. Um, and yeah, they, they liked it enough to get me through, which was a uh, really exciting at the time. And, and yeah, I met a bunch of industry people there. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, um, I met the McNallys who were uh, founded uh, Longbow. And uh, they offered me a position back home here in Toronto. So um, yeah, it worked out well for me. That was convenient. <laughs> it was. And I, I met, you know, even though I lived in the, the Toronto area, I met them on the other side of the continent. <laughs> it's a common thing, especially city dwellers. You know, yeah. it's just, uh, we have our own little pockets, our own little islands from which we, we work from because that's, you know, speaking to someone who, work, who lives and works in London, that's very much the case. Of, uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just can't cope. You know, there's, <laughs> there's nine million of us here, for heaven's sake. You know, it's a yeah, it's, it's a big old city. So, um, yeah. No, I'm amazed here in Toronto just how many studios and, and other developers I've, I've haven't heard of or, or never met before, despite all the various indie, industry events and stuff. Yeah, like, where are you based then? Oh, just across the way. What? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I found did... I found one studio that uh, drink box that I, I ended up biking past every day, but I didn't realize what building they were in. Um, so <laughs> You never know. Yeah, never burn those bridges, to say. Yeah. Because, you know, very, very small world. Excellent. Okay. And um, so, as a creator of things, um, this next question is tough to answer, so give it some pause. Right. But uh, <laughs> as a creator of things, what are your biggest influences? Um, ooh, that is a bigger question. Um influences mm-hmm. yeah well, certainly a lot of other media and stuff i've always liked to make things i went into engineering and, and building and kind of creating stuff has always been in, in one medium or another um but uh probably the, the influences like we've been doing histor- uh, historic games for a long time with the hegemony ones mm-hmm. so there was a lot of uh like i did history as a, a side in university and so that was always a inspiration to recreating it and and um Golem just came more out of you know looking for a uh, a more creative outlet after you know sticking to history for so long, um, and we pulled from you know the uh, sketches the concepts artists did for at the beginning and from movies and fantasy things. You know one of the reasons we uh, started with the younger girl character was was my own two girls. So they trying to uh, something uh, they were interested in. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's quite mixed um where i pull from so yes yeah, so it's um definitely like i said his- historically the past um and that's why not because it's rather than trying to guess what something would happen or if these pieces were put together what would happen you already know what these pieces are and you already know mm-hmm. what happened and yeah which, which plays both ways yes. it, it's it, it does. The historical games always gave us a framework, you know, the characters and stuff to create, but it also put a lot of limits on how the game would play out and what what the rules were going to be. Because with the Hegemony ones, we really did try to recreate, you know, Julius Caesar's campaigns or um, uh, Philip Macedon, Alexander the Great's father, and stuff. So we were we were trying to bring people into those stories, but uh, so it it goes both ways there. 
Hmm. Um, like Golem was refreshing in that respect that we could do pretty much anything we yes. wanted. Initially, and then once the story started to form, yes, it, it, then <laughs> you became locked in, which is yeah. uh, which is interesting. And also, how you portray that story, how you tell that story, is very interesting. Very interesting. But uh, we're rushing ahead of ourselves. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, excellent response to that question because it is very hard to answer, and I always always give my guests a pause to give them a little <laughs> gusto, like, "Well, how am I going to answer that one?" Because it's so nebulous. But no, you did good. Well done. Thanks. Next <laughs> question. Then this one's hard because you might don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But uh, what developer do you most admire in the industry, and why? Ooh. <laughs> Naming names. Um... <laughs> Wow, I'm not even sure I can come up with a name off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Um, Who do you think? I, yeah, carry on doing what you're doing. You're awesome. That's great. I going back, yeah. I, I'd say like some of the ones again, which which got me inspired. I, I was uh, followed a lot of uh, Richard Garriott, who did the Ultima games. Yes. Um, they were one of the yes. big influences I had when I was first creating um, games, um, as well as the uh, the Williams. Um, apparently did the Sierra games. Um, I followed them a lot way back when I was getting into it. Um, and using, I'll give a shout out to a really old, uh, friend from grade school. Um, uh, went by, uh, Chris Wilk, who started a software company in high school. And that was one of the things I got, wow, I can make games and sell them. And that was one of the things that actually got me, um, making the games that I got into the uh, contest with. It's like, Maybe this could actually be a job. Uh, he wasn't writing games; he was just writing software stuff. But um, yeah, it just it, it hadn't occurred. That again. I do you hear know, that a lot, actually. People, um, developers saying, "Yeah, I just fiddle around. Didn't think anyone could make a living making games, despite the fact I was playing them." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, where do you think they come from? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of appeared. Exactly, it did seem like a far off. <clears throat> Factory or something that yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, magically appeared. But yeah, no, exactly. That's a very good and personal set of answers there. People who, you know, uh, influenced you and you admire, and uh, even from, you know, from way, way, way back. Um, yeah, like it's uh, that's a great answer. You know, we have all sorts of answers on that one. And like I said, you desperately like I don't know anyone's feelings because <laughs> if you if you say if you say someone then you missed people and then you end up being a whole raft it's like a credits at the end of a film you know oh god you know yeah there's always <laughs> something with infinity war sitting there going i gotta watch this because there's gonna something happen at the end of it and like oh that's not a spoiler everyone everyone knows that but yeah. um you have to see it in the credits well they don't even turn the lights on they in don't. The Marvel because you know something's coming still. you have to sit there and then you see yeah. people getting up and going what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing sit down Oh, anyway. So, speaking of current things, and this next question I'm legally obliged to ask because this right. podcast is about video games, so I have to ask <laughs> it. You know, the question is, what are you playing right now? Not enough. Um, uh, <laughs> common answer. But... I'm playing a lot of this thing called Golem. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, was, I, I saw that on your page and, and that... Uh, was covered and I was trying to okay, what have I been playing recently? I was trying to remember because <laughs> in this last bit of a crunch, it's, it's been a while since I've played anything at length. Hmm. Um, I was realizing I, I was playing um, Rhyme not too long ago, which probably should have gotten ages ago given its its similarities, but um, finally got around to picking it up. 
mm. um, because of its the similar puzzle and story natures and, and feel of its golem. So I, I thought, um, yeah, should actually because uh, a lot of people kept comparing it to it. So we were doing yeah. some press stuff a few months ago and and uh, listing off similar games for inspiration, and they kept saying, "Well, it's like Ryan." And we said, "Oh, yep, no, I should, so I should actually spend some more time on that one." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, was play, I played that for a bit. Um, that is a beautiful game. It's lovely. Much it is. Just like yeah, it's definitely. I didn't a... get it. To, didn't get enough time to to finish it. Um, but as with most games I play, um, but um, did did run through to get a you know get a feel and, and yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It was, it was a yeah, beautiful game to explore. I need a world they've created. Um, prior to that, I was I after being convinced by a bunch of people in the office were playing Watch. I was playing Overwatch for a bit. All right. And, uh, Something totally different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think going back, I think the last game I finished was one called um, Thimbleweed Park. It's oh, a yes. uh, old school yes. uh, uh, adventure. Yeah, because I used to doing all the really old references again. Played a lot of the <laughs> Maniac Mansion, the old uh, games in that uh, uh, that genre um, way back when I was a kid. So I was uh, appreciated yeah, the uh, yeah. nostalgia there. It was a, and a good game in its own right. It is, uh, and it, it laughs at itself. It's self-aware, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, um, puzzles in there. It realizes that you know we've learnt a lot in puzzle creation, which you know. Yes. We'll, yeah. Definitely. And uh, this uh, the 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 cat, the cat hair puzzle from Gabriel Knight is long <laughs> since in the past. Yes, I, I I did play all those Gabriel Knight games. <laughs> Um, but uh, no excellent selection yeah good good stuff Um, I've I've yet to finish Ryan myself because I keep getting distracted by shiny things but yeah uh, there's always something new and and there's always more work to do in our own games so yeah (laughs) but I love asking that question because it gives an insight into you and what makes you tick and what makes you and feels with you entertainment wise what what you gravitate towards? Well, not necessarily a game that you're going to be making next, or what you. It's usually a palate cleanser or something like that. Or yeah, in many ways it is. Like yeah. I, I admittedly played far more strategy games before I spent ten years making them. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. I, um, I wasn't expecting you to say, "Oh, you know, Stellaris." Really? Yeah, <laughs> I, I have played it, but yes. not, for, <laughs> not for hours on end. Like not, no. not, yeah. not as long as I used to. I, no. I, I used to play the the Sims and the uh, Total Wars and stuff. Yeah, but at, uh, at much greater length. I think the most surprising one. I sort of like, chatted to some. I won't name them, but they were talking about a very sort of esoteric, sort of uh, an abstract game that they made. It was excellent, but uh, and they said, oh, "What are you playing?" And said, oh, FIFA. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> lots, lots of yeah. really, yeah, okay. Nothing wrong with that. It's FIFA. It's football. You know, it's fine. But okay, excellent. Right. Well, that's the first half done. Sure, All right, we did it. Well done. You made it through. <laughs> Thank you. Still alive. Um, yeah, that's the first mini boss done. So <laughs> then we uh, delve deep into Gollum in our second.
So, first question isn't a question, it's a request. All right. It's the zeroth question. Um, please do tell us, what is Gollum? Um, the, as the game or the creature? Just the game. <laughs> the whole game? Yeah, I know well, what it's... Gollum is, but yes. Yes. The game. So. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a um, side-scrolling puzzle adventure about a, a girl and this uh, mysterious rock creature she discovers and their uh, quest to um, uh, basically, not spoiling anything because it's in the front first cutscene, um, to, uh, to find water for her, her people that, where this, they live in this desert. Um, so she discovers this golem is the uh, key to unlocking this uh, big tower. And uh, yeah, over the course of the game, you kind of discover what's that uh, tower where it came from and where this uh, golden creature does and the uh, kind of bond and, and uh, friendship that kind of grows between the, uh, the girl and this uh, companion she finds. One of the things that drives me to play adventure games like Gollum, which is why I have you on, because uh, you know, I really believe in this game and I, when I first saw it I was just like, I, I just have to know more and chat to you about it because I love world building and the world's built by others. This is why I read a little bit too much fiction. Don't get me wrong, I have read, <laughs> I've read a lot of non-fiction as well, just to be clear. Yeah, uh, but, oh, no, um, I love world building, and sometimes people get it fantastically right, and some people get it fantastically wrong, or say wrong, how can you get it wrong? But you get some disjointed aspects, and like, yeah. well, people don't act like that, because they use empathy, so this is nonsense, never mind. <laughs> um, yes. But... Um, with me, it's, it's, I mean, I play a lot of pen and paper RPGs as well, and that's all about mm-hmm. world building. And uh, for me, the, there's so many questions, and the only way to answer them is to keep going. And yes. that's, that's what drives me with Gollum, is that, well, I want to know, what what is that? What What is this thing this girl has found? Uh, and what is it doing? Is it malevolent? We don't know. <laughs> um, and, you know, is, how is this going to end? And why is there a building there? Clearly, this is from a very sort of primitive tribe, but that building is not primitive at all. It's extremely complex. So, what gives? So, all these no, questions, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's and... great to hear. No, that's exactly what we we're hoping for. That's that's one of the things that drives me personally through a lot of games is that story exploration side of it. Yeah. Um, when we when we set it up originally, you know, at its framework, it, it's a puzzle game. But um, what what it wanted to get in there was that drive to get through it in order to, as you said, uh, find out where, what the story is, where these things came from and, and, uh, and all of that. So, yes, for uh, me, the, the, the best puzzle games are the ones or the best puzzle games or games generally, I like to think, and you may argue against this, we can chat a little bit about it now, but theme informs function. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't, there's a lot of designers out there do create an abstract concept and then they slap a theme onto it. <laughs> and you very quickly realise that, wait, this could be about anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I recall that particularly back when we used to do little arcade games Yeah, 20 years ago, uh, or almost. Uh, yeah. Then it was it was clearly, it was, okay, this is your match three mechanic, and then yes. you throw on whatever skin we want to make it unique. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm familiar with that. I don't <laughs> but, get uh, that with Gollum. I really don't. No, I think Gollum is they're, they're, they're both just as important as each other, aren't they? Yeah, that's certainly what we're aiming for, and, and the two sides feed each other. As I said, like you know, we kind of 
wanted to do like a, a puzzly kind of game and we built some, we had some characters and then once you find out what you kind of build up what these characters can do and that kind of feeds back onto okay we can you know adjust the interface and tweak the puzzles this way to emphasize you know the, the relationship or the feel of the characters um are so you, ideally it, yeah it, you, they go back and forth um to, just, uh, it, it is incredible because what you just said there because are you in the room with me because one of the questions is about that <laughs> <laughs> about how they change but anyway it's quite common developers sort of go i know you're about to ask no you don't oh no you do you do <laughs> but i'm gonna ask you the first design question now so brace yourself All right. um and uh so i've been i've played it for a little while now i've had it for about sort of day or so for listeners so i haven't finished it because that time it's not long enough to to really delve into it but i've played a fair amount I mean, there's no mean no, that dreadful phrase, spoilers. I'm going to be very abstract <laughs> as best as I can. But please cut me off if you think, oh, no, Chris, don't say that. But I still think it would be fine. Some puzzles seem to contain what I believe to be red herrings. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, I won't say what or how. Let's not go there. But there's one one that's quite early. They go, what's that for? Oh, right. It's just, uh, it's just there. Um, it's a <laughs> funsies. Um, yeah, I'm just going to ask you right out of the bat why? Because that's very unusual for a puzzle game to have an, a bit of a mechanic or a section like you can, yeah, you can do that all you like. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> it's like, um, and it's well, why did you do that? Why, why is it? Is it? Yeah, just why? Uh, yeah, it, it basically came from the inspiration of having having. Um, a bit of a toy like feel to it and to be able to interact and affect the world more. Um, so some of those things were just to, yeah, just to bring the world to life, to have a few things to click on, you know, while you're thinking or while the, while the characters are moving around the level. Um, and yeah, just like one of the things we, um, one of the games we played right back when we were first envisioning this was uh, Monument Valley, the, uh, Oh, mobile, yeah, yeah. which had a very tangible, hands-on kind of drag stuff feel, um, and that was that was kind of one of the things we wanted. A lot of the controls that you manipulate directly in the game to, you know, lower bridges or drag trams around, um, and it was kind of just an extension of that to have a few extra little things that you can push and swing and knock around. Okay, okay, yeah, it's. Uh... This is an achievement for one of them. Won't say what or how, yeah. but it's just like, why? Because I can. <laughs> and it's pretty just, much. It was lovely because <clears throat> it's just this sort of flows into my next question. There's yeah, a, it really depends on the kind of player. Like from the testing we've had, some are are much more goal focused and ignore a lot of those little side things completely, whereas others will sit there and kind of play with it for a while or drag things back and forth and kind of. What I found doing, I did it because I found it to be, it helped me settle my mind because when you're trying to solve a puzzle, it's very common to overthink it. Yeah. And um, you end up, you and I both play, um, you actually mentioned it many times, you know, point and click, point and click adventures Mm -hmm. lead you down so many ridiculous paths. (laughs) <laughs> yes. um, that you know, you've got to take take a step back and go. What are you doing? The game can't do what you think you can do, you know. And this is what yeah. my, my next question is: Any puzzle game is built, I believe. You may counter this. But I believe is on communicating to the player what they can, and more importantly, cannot do. 
How do you do this with Gollum, do you think? That's very true. Um, and it's something that, that's evolved a lot as we've gone through it, um, especially as the graphics kind of filled in around it um, so that we realize what players are paying attention to and what aren't. Um, and so a lot of it was, was you know, everything that interacts lights up and stuff so that we could, you can find it more. We added more lights on levers and those kind of things to draw attention to it. Um, we, we always kind of wanted a bit of an experimental side, like when you discover each of the, the golems in the game, um, it's not too much for a spoiler there in the trailer, I guess, um, that you have a bit of a chance to find out how they work or what they do by, by experimenting and learn, learning kind of the rule set. And so the first part of each um, level after one of the transformations um, is just kind of set around introducing, okay, these are the, the, the couple of new things they could do. And then the next level kind of gets more creative and using those in different ways. Yeah, that's that's um, yeah, that's something that's not at all hinted at by the uh, iconography of the game at all. You have a little girl standing next to this 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 machine, whereas in the mm-hmm. actual game, it's like he's yeah, no, starts off as a sphere, <laughs> just yeah. a sphere, and that's quite fun. So the mouse-driven interface, I want to talk about this, because that mm-hmm. did take me by surprise. And, um, again, you may counter this, but I don't think it lends itself to any form of dexterity in order to complete puzzles, at least no. initially. Uh, at least I don't think it does eventually at all. Was this a deliberate decision on your part, or was it more of a consequence? Uh, no, it was very much deliberate. Um, the uh, We were initially going from the, from the very early design docs to have something that was not um time sensitive or um and not um you know reflex driven uh part of that was again like i used that monument valley example as one of the ones at the beginning that that we found was a very casual okay you can do it and then you can look away or distract it or something and not worry about you're gonna die or lose an attempt um and it's part of part of our goal where you know this is pc focus but we'd like to take it to other platforms ideally um so it's keeping those kind of things open um and yeah it was just looking for something a little more relaxed and not pressured so that you can enjoy the immersing yourself in the world and, and follow the story um so that that uh, definitely drove the interface yeah um because there's often you know you what one of the frustrating things about puzzle games some of them is that look I know what I need to do. I just, I just can't because that thing's going <laughs> to swing in front of my face, and then I'm going to have to jump over that. And you know, it's all right for Celeste. That's fine. Yeah, because you know that's what that game's built around, and it does a great job of it. Good job, or Dead Cells <laughs> and stuff like that. That's what they're there for. But, yeah, well, there's, there's plenty of, of of that style of of um, more arcade um, platformer puzzles, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. Not what we were aiming for. And yeah, it does a great job of complementing what you were to achieve with the atmosphere, the storytelling, the evolution of how things um, progress to the player. And they, the more they play through it, the more things open up, and it gets more and more interesting as the as the game progresses. It's excellent. Really like it. Thanks. So the last question then. All right. I know all good things must come to an end. <laughs> um. So the NPC is an object, uh, it's not of a sphere, 
and Gollum it grows in power in terms of his abilities. Say how yes. much or what it does, um, which must lead to the creation of more complex levels. Yep. How difficult has it been to maintain the challenge levels of each area, while as the golem becomes ever more powerful? Um, it's. <laughs> I'd actually say it's it's not been a challenge making it more difficult. Um, it's definitely as as the the forms progress and and you get more commands um, to offer. It definitely opens up the the range of puzzles you can give. Um, now he can do a lot more things. Um, so it, by Nature having having more options um, makes the the puzzles uh, less linear and and more complex. So that's uh, um, kind of not quite naturally built that way. It's increasing the difficulty. So no, it had no no uh, concerns that way. Okay, because I generally um, thought because that's the basically you're having to make a new game. You might argue against that, but I felt that. Every time the golem took on a new facet, a new ability, the puzzle parameters, the boundary conditions, if you will, changed. Yes. And that, for me, you had to reinvent each area. And I was just worried that that became a bit oh. of a challenge for you guys, but maybe not. Personally, not not really. Um, when I was laying out the puzzles, um, I, I generally found it more refreshing to have a new set of options to work with i actually found it more challenging to say okay let's come up with another way of using the um the balls kind of commands to make a puzzle out of it um we really wanted it to keep we didn't want to um we wanted it to keep changing the field refreshed uh and new as, as players went through it so we were trying not to um okay you've solved a puzzle by you know moving them this way we're not going to repeat make you do that same kind of trick uh of the puzzle before so um so yeah, in, in some ways, certainly, it, it created a lot more puzzle types, a lot more programming work, I guess, to to keep those puzzles and those designs changing as the course of the game. But uh, but from a design perspective, it, it's actually found it more refreshing not to have to come up with fifty puzzles using the same three moves. I can uh, see that moving. now because yeah, it's like people do it. We, you, oh, you certainly. Know, you yeah. know, I've played the games that there's like. It's just the same mechanic, yeah. But now we can do it with this, and you've got to do it with that. And like, yes, I know, but okay. Whereas, like I said, it's like a whole swath of different games, but actually mm-hmm. under the same umbrella, the same thing. And it's an, it's a genius idea of actually creating a uh, this 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 sort of other NPC that you can't have direct control with. Really, you can only give it orders to do to go from one place to another, and. Beyond. No spoilers there, but the, 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 yeah. some, some things do change towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, initially you, you yeah, can't, you can, initially for sure. Initially, it's uh, yeah. I just don't want to. It's there's lots going on here, everyone, <laughs> and uh, for me to expand any more than that would be would be folly. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think you said enough. I think uh, I was surprised by the answer. I thought you'd be you said, oh no, this is the biggest challenge, but it wasn't. It was actually, and reflection that actually makes more sense because it means you can actually say, well, you know, we've done that. Now. We've done with that now. We can now move on and create a whole new it's, set. And it's only, yeah. for, you know, in some ways, uh, maybe it's a reflection of my own uh, short attention span. But <laughs> having things changing up uh, regularly, yeah, I found uh, uh, more refreshing. So Gollum is coming out. Um, 
29th of May, is that right? That's the, the plan, yeah. Excellent. And uh, what platforms is it coming on? It's going to be PC, Windows. Windows yeah. PC initially, and then... We, we're, we're hoping for others, but, you know, one step at a time. Indeed. I can definitely see the controller scheme working. You just basically paint or click or point where you want it to go. And Yeah, we've had controller support internally to varying degrees for a while, but mm. it's not quite not quite ready for launch. No. We wanted to make no. sure we get it proper, so... I like the um, mouse control. It's great. It's fine. Don't worry. It's great. But, no... Uh, the only thing, the only thing is, is the, uh, I like to, uh, I like to uh, transmit my games or stream my games onto my large telly via the link box. Ah, yes, yeah. So that's that's always nice. But I use the, the Steam controller for that, and that, that's, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Configure it, and that works too. Good. Well, Rob, it's been fantastic having you on the show. You've been a great. Well, thank guest. you very much for having. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Yes, you got something out of it, and. Um, yeah, we wish you the very best of luck in Gollum and your future endeavours. And you're more than welcome to come back and uh, talk about whatever next the thing you're sure, working I'd love on. To. Yeah, it, uh, and uh, yeah, thanks very much. Thank you. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review, and you can also don't forget listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com, and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory, and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer who listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, should we say, of spong.com. Bye!